Welcome to Crystallizing Conversations. Join your hosts, Jillian Aurelia Green and Iris Unique as we explore the tools, pathways, and possibilities for healing and expansion. Through the warmth of easy conversation, we'll be delving into magic, mental health, and more. This is your time to learn about yourself, each other, and of course, the crystals that support us along the way. This isn't just a podcast, it's a community of your closest spiritual friends. Let's grow together. Welcome, everybody, to Hello. Crystallizing Conversations. Today, we're going to be talking about the art of forgiveness. We're going to be unlocking healing and growth through forgiveness, which might sound a little odd, but as we get into it, I think you'll, you guys will understand. <laughs> and today we have Anella Malulani Watson with us. She's an energy realignment practitioner, DNA activation practitioner, ancestral healing practitioner plant medicine woman, medical intuitive, and hypnotherapist. As a practitioner, she guides and assists others on their path of transformation while helping to clear blocks and emotional trauma. She assists others in aligning to their soul's purpose and merging with their higher self. Her sole mission in life is to assist humanity in the awakening shift in consciousness. Thank you so much for being here, Anella. Mm, mahalo, mahalo. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I feel very honored to be here. So just so that our listeners can get to know you before we dive into this topic of forgiveness, so our listeners can get to know you a little bit better. We like to ask each of our guest speakers if they have a crystal that they are currently working with or drawn to. Um, right now, I am not working with a specific crystal. I do work a lot with Lemurian crystals because um, they mm. carry the cosmic rays, the divine rays within each of them. And so I've been working with them, connecting to those divine rays, the 13 rays. And um, those are the, the fifth dimensional rays that we now have access to. And so working with that, it's been like a new journey for me. But I work with all different types of crystals, <laughs> even once, <laughs> like everywhere we go, we seem to be finding crystals in the earth. And um, those are the crystals that I like, the raw crystals, because they hold that energy, like really potent energy. And then the wisdom from the crystals, they're pretty much untouched, you know. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Love that. <laughs> now, when you say everywhere we go... Could you, could you explain what you mean by that? I know you're on this like really beautiful journey right now. You're from Hawaii, but you're not currently there right now, correct? Right, right. We left Hawaii last year in June, sold everything we owned, mm -hmm. and kind of decided to go on a vision quest. So we bought an RV. So I'm staying in my RV, and we're traveling the United States and other countries, um, just learning about different cultures, different people, the land. Um, it's just been a beautiful journey. And at these specific places, I've been noticing like a lot of crystals in the earth. Um, especially in Arizona, we were sitting on the mountain, we were camping out there, and there was quartz crystal everywhere. So we climbed the mountain and we started mining, you know, and getting our own crystals. And 
to me, the mining your own crystals has just such a potent energy because you're really the first person to connect with that energy. And so it's been mm. different because I'm so used to, we used to um, also work with crystals and sell crystals and make organites. And now being able to see where the, the crystals come from and sit with that piece of earth is just incredible. Wow. That's so beautiful. That's be I know. I was like, that's beautiful. Um, <laughs> I was telling Anella earlier, I'm like, I'm jealous in such a good way. Like, I'm so happy for you yes. that you're basically just traveling all over the U.S. In places, like she's she's in Ohio right now. She's going to Michigan and South Dakota. I didn't really realize that there are sacred sites here in the States. It's like, I'm always thinking of like far off lands and it's so mm -hmm. cool. Me too. It was so incredible because once we left Hawaii and got to Oregon, we ended up at this bookstore and I found a book called Sacred Sites in the United States. And it was written back in the in the 80s. And um, they were talking about different spiritual experiences that happen at these sites. And so it was almost like the book landed to assist me on my journey and take me into another place. And that's actually what changed everything because I originally came to the States wow. like to do workshops and do healings with people that I had met online. And now it's taking me directly to these sites and doing like bigger work kind of universal with the grid system of the earth. So it's been amazing. How amazing. I love how something is simple. Cause for me, I, I love to read and same. It's like one, how one book can completely change your life. <laughs> And it sounds yeah. like just by finding the and we'll link this book in the show notes. We'll look it up and link it in the show notes so people mm -hmm. can see which book it is. Yeah. She's talking and I'm like, about. hopefully it's still in print. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Uh -huh. The book was just sitting there. And then I was like, oh, this would be nice. And I didn't think anything of it. But when I opened it, I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love how books are so innocuous. They're like, we're just going to sit here. <laughs> Come open us. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, okay. And then you're like, and everything changes. Right. Yes. Books are so, I mean, especially with all of like the book burn, like book burning, the book banning that's happening right now, which just makes me so upset and so angry. But um, it's, it is incredible the power that books really have. The fact that mm -hmm. we're able to transmit so much information and wisdom and experience and being able to pass that on to other people is, is so beautiful and so, so exciting, um, and so powerful. So anyways, yeah. I'm, I'm, thank you for sharing your book story. I, I feel like we all have have that right where it's like, I just picked up this thing and I just didn't know it was going to completely <laughs> change my life in all of the best ways, <laughs> maybe hard ways, but also best ways. It's giving me warm, fuzzy feelings. <laughs> um, but we're not actually in this episode, you know, we have tangents, but we're not actually here to talk about that in, in this particular episode. We're actually talking about one of the other things that you really focus on in, in your teaching and in working with others, which is forgiveness, which is such mm -hmm. a, is such a topic. Um, mm. And I, I will say before we dive into it, this is a big, this is a big thing, right? Forgiveness is typically not easy 
for anyone. Um, I think there's a reason why it's, it's generally considered a very spiritual practice and an important Mm -hmm. practice for healing because it is, it can be very challenging. So if there's things that come up that are maybe a bit triggering to hear, um, I invite those of you listening right now to just notice, like try not to control how you feel. Try not to like, you know, ignore it, like just give it space, give yourself compassion. And also just, unless it's super triggering for some reason, um, and like making you completely shut down, try to stick with it because we're probably, you know, this is what Anella does you know, for her practice and, and working with other people. So I think we'll be able to, to move through it to the other side. Um, but just be aware we may, we may be approaching some heavy topics here. So letting you all know if maybe you're in a, surrounded by a bunch of people and it doesn't feel super safe to listen to this episode. Maybe it's one just to listen to by yourself right now. And that's okay. Thank you, Jillian, for saying that. Cause yes, <laughs> I think that's important. Um, so we were introduced to you, Anella, through Jen Bauer at Natured Center Coaching. We've had a couple of her um, amazing coaches here on the podcast. And when we met with you, people probably can feel it already. You have just such this beautiful, vibrant spirit. And can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you ended up on the path of helping others? I know what you're doing now, kind of traveling the whole U.S. right now, but really how your journey to helping others began. Yeah, yeah, sure. So before I go into it, I just want to share that this is my story and um, my experiences through the story. Some of it I still cannot explain um, how things happened and moved along because I really feel like I was just divinely guided through my own life's path. I know that this is my life's journey, is to share from my heart the purification and perfection that we all have within us, you know, that divine spark within us. Um, In 2016, I went through a really profound spiritual awakening, and it wasn't through meditation. It wasn't through yoga and all that stuff, you know, learning about all these things. It was through an actual life experience. And through my life, I've gone through many, many experiences of abuse, you know, drug addiction and stuff like that. But the one that really hit me was in 2016 when my daughter had went missing and um, I had to come to terms with that she was actually taken and used for sex trafficking. At the time, I didn't know anything about sex trafficking. I didn't even know it existed. Um, I was totally in a different frame of mind and and throughout the time that she was missing, I was really in denial. But during that time that she was missing, I just went into this really deep, dark place. And through my life, I've gone through these dark places. And for some reason, it was okay when I was going through them. But when my daughter, somebody that I loved and cared about so much, I just could, I just went dark. It was just the most painful thing that I've ever gone through in my life. And through that time when she was missing, um, we had, we were guided by the FBI and they said, you know, just stay home. Don't worry. We'll find her. And I couldn't, 
because I'm a mother and that maternal instinct is like, I got to fight. I got to fight, you know, and we're always fighting against the world for the safety of our children. And so uh, for some reason, I started going to these psychics and asking them where she was. <laughs> you know, my background, I grew up, my mom was very spiritual when I grew up, but uh, through my lifetime, I kind of shunned away from that whole thing. So I started going to these psychics and they would tell me different locations and what's happening. But the one thing that always stuck was your daughter is going to come home and be returned, but you need to change. And th all three of the psychics said the same thing in those same exact words. Mm -hmm. And so I was sharing this with the FBI and I kept telling her, listen to this recording. And she would say all these places, what are these things and these names and these street names that where my daughter was and when they got to that part I would tell her oh just fast forward this is nothing and she would slow it down and say no listen let me listen to it and I was like it has nothing to do with me this whole thing has nothing to do with me and um I was in that mind space because I was just thinking that it's her, it's my daughter, it's these people, it's all this. You know, I was in that victim mentality, that dark place. And when they finally found her, um, she told me that we found your daughter, you can come down to the station, but you need to um, just love her unconditionally. And she said that to me about three times and I was like, okay, okay, okay. And she goes... I really want you to listen to me, listen to these words. I didn't know that she was on the spiritual path as well. <laughs> and she said, you need to love her unconditionally. And that means no questions, no expectations from her. You just show her love. And she said, I'm telling you, if you do not do this, you're going to lose your daughter. And so I sat for a minute and I breathed that in and I was like, okay, and when I got down to the station, I hugged her and I, it was so hard not to ask any questions. Where have you been? Who did this? Who, you know, we want to know because we're always in that mm -hmm. place of fighting, you know? And so when we brought her home, that message keep play, kept playing in my head. You need to just love her. And as a mother, you don't know what to do because we want to fix everything. It's our responsibility in our head that we got to go out and fix all these things and get these people who hurt my children. And I couldn't do that because I had promised that I would just love her. And so I'd go in her room and say, you know, Kavai, is there anything that you need? And then she would just say no. And I would say, okay, and I would have to walk out. You know, and I said, and then I would walk in, I was at, would ask, can I just hug you? You know, I just want to say, I love you. And then I would walk out. And after a while, um, it was killing me inside because I needed to know. And I went in her room, I went in my room and I just cried. And I went to her and I said, Kavai, I just want to apologize because I realized that I don't know how to be a mother. I've controlled everything in your life this far. And right now I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna sit in the back seat and I'm gonna allow you to drive and you be the mother. You tell me how I'm supposed to be because I've never given you that opportunity in life. 
And she looked at me and tears for the first time just went down her eyes. And she said, I love you. Thank you. And I went in my room and I just cried because I was, I needed to fully surrender into that moment. I didn't, I didn't, I was never religious. I didn't have anybody around me at that time because everybody kind of, it was too much for them. Our family didn't know how to react to the situation. My friends, um, I was in the military. They would tell me, oh, just come out and drink, you know, and, and just like forget about it for today. And I was like feeling like I really have nobody. Like, I have nobody that understands what I'm going through at this moment. So I ran in my room and I just cried and screamed at the top of my lungs. And I just was calling out to anything in the cosmos, in the heavens that would listen. And I was calling out to my ancestors. I was calling out to God. I was calling out to the angels. And I said, please, please just help me understand what I need to do in this moment. I have no idea. And I am ready. I am more than ready to just listen, whatever it takes. And then all of a sudden, these memories started coming in when I was a child of these kahuna, these elderly Hawaiian people, stating that I had all these gifts and what my soul path was going to be. And up to this point, I never remembered that. Now I'm 46 and I'm screaming out to the ethers and this information is pouring in. And so I'm crying and I'm just saying, if I have to go in a cave and figure myself out, whatever I need to do, just please, you know, just help me, help me, help me. And I'm, I'm calling out and I'm in tears. So I go down on my knees and I just cover myself. And all of a sudden I feel this warmth come around me. And I look up and I've got these beings in the circle standing around me. And I was just in, I didn't know how to react. I've never experienced anything like that before. And I just was like, I feel like I'm totally loved by something I cannot explain in this moment. And um, I heard a voice and it said, lay down, just go lay down on the bed and rest. And I got up. And I laid down on the bed. And at this time, my wife is still going through the darkness. She's looking outside at all the license plates. She's freaking out. And so we had a big disconnect. And she didn't come in the room to bother me for that time being. I was there for five days. And it was almost like a death and rebirth process. No water, no food, nothing. I laid in bed, just full oh, wow. sweats. And these beings were coming into my view and just teaching me all this knowledge about myself, showing me different past things that had happened in my life, how I had so much rage and anger and hate. And um, I laid down and I just listened and I watched and I cried and I kept telling myself it's going to be okay. And I saw myself as this little child. Every time I would mm -hmm. see an event happening, I just saw myself as this little child. And then I guess I fell asleep. I don't really remember. I was going in and out. It was almost like I actually died. Like I was going through a near death experience or something. Mm -hmm. And then I finally woke up. And I just felt this immense peace come like with me. And I ran to the mirror and I looked in the mirror and I said, I love you. 
I forgive you. And I don't know where this was coming from. I love you so much for all the stuff that you've endured. And as I was telling myself that, it's like I had an understanding of all humanity, that we were all souls and we were beautiful divine being, like these beautiful souls, these angelic beings here on earth, just in this skin to go through life in however we were supposed to, to learn these lessons. And I, at that moment, I said, you're such a beautiful child of light. You know, I forgive everything that you've gone through, all the rage and the anger and the things that you've gone through in life. And then I started like speaking out loud and I really don't know where all this was coming from. It was like, I was merged with all aspects of myself in that moment really difficult to explain in in the physical (laughs) and I started saying that I forgive I forgive all beings on this earth for whatever role you're playing and then I went into my daughter's room and I told her and she was not ready to hear this at that moment but it was just like I was being guided and and moved to do these things and I told her Thank you for giving me this opportunity of awakening who I am and giving me this opportunity to forgive and love myself. Thank you for coming into my life and shaking me up and showing me this path. And I was really at peace and in a really deep place of love and forgiveness of self. And my daughter didn't know what I was talking about and she looked (laughs) at me (laughs) And she just, and then I walked out and I knew she didn't know what I was talking about. And it was at that moment that I realized that every thought that I had, every emotion, I needed to connect with that. I needed to connect with how I was thinking. And so um, I started doing Ho'oponopono, which was an ancient Hawaiian, um, not ritual, but it's like a prayer of coming back to self and really forgiving self. Yeah. It's not really about the other person, but it's about us and what we've done in all of our lifetimes from the beginning of creation um, to forgive ourselves. And I went back to doing those prayers and saying it every day. And I was really watching my thought patterns of how I projected my own hurts on people. Mm -hmm. Um, If somebody would cut in front of me in traffic, I would be so angry, not knowing the truth of wherever they're going. They could be going to the hospital, you know? Somebody could be driving their wife to give birth. Somebody could be, it could be their last day um, ever being late and they get fired and they have a family of 10. You know, I don't know what's happening in, in people's lives. And I started really realizing and going deep within my thought patterns. And so, um, I started opening up spiritually to myself, like wondering, wow, what is all of this? You know, and I ended up at a home festival, um, in Hawaii and there was healers there. And this there was this lady there with a healing bed. And it had these crystals pointing down. And mm-hmm. I thought it was a massage bed. And I was my back was hurting. And I was thinking, I want to go get a massage from this wahine. And she laid me down. And she didn't touch me. But she did energy work. 
and these crystals were beaming down. And all of a sudden, I felt my lower abdomen in Hawaii, we call it the na'au. People call it the root chakra. But on my, on my na'au, my unihipili, that depth of inside the core of our creation, the womb, had just bursted open and I could see the colors in my mind's eye and I could see all of this stuff just being lifted out. And I wailed and I cried and I wailed and it was the first time I really felt free. And so when I woke up, I mean, when I came to, she just held me and she was holding me and her name was Kathy Morton. And I said, what was that? Like, I've never experienced anything <laughs> in my life. And I said, do you know how many people could heal from this? I'm telling her, right? She's the healer. And I'm like, do you know how many people could heal from this type of stuff? Like, you don't realize what just came out of me and what it rebirthed, you know? And she said, yes, dear. And she tells me a little bit <laughs> about yes, what I she do. does. <laughs> yeah. And then I said, I need to learn this. Can I come see you again? And she said, well, yeah, if you ever come to Oregon. And I was like, ah, I live in Hawaii. I can't afford to go to Oregon, you know. Fast forward a year and a half later, she sends me an email and she's teaching this um, modality with the crystals and she calls it crystal Reiki healing. And um, I went up there and it was an in-depth learning. Um, we stayed in the house and we, it was only, she only charges $333 for seven days of oh, this wow. teaching oh. with food, boarding and the class. Wow. And it was a godsend <laughs> because at that time I didn't have the money. And so this was all divinely orchestrated for sure. And she um, began to talk to us about energy and healing. And it was like I had already known this stuff. I was just being reminded as she was teaching. And I said, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And so I decided to get out of the military <laughs> and really go on this path. And so I've been on this path ever since. And that's how I got here. Wow. I feel like that is the most intense and beautiful story we've had on the podcast so far. Like, like that's powerful. That was, that was epic. <laughs> that was like... It was like literally an epic that we just journeyed through with you. So thank you for sharing that. Oh, Jane, um, thank you. And what a, I'm like almost speechless. I know, I know. Thank you for taking us on that journey because I felt like I was there with you watching this all happen. Mm -hmm. You were very good at, I don't want to say storytelling because it's not a story. It's your, well, I mean, it is your story, I mean, but yeah, yeah you that was beautiful. Thank you. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so <laughs> grateful. Right now. I'm, I'm like, really the episode's over. We're done. Yeah, that, that was, was it. it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining everybody. Yeah. You know, and it's funny because when they talk about the story of the lotus, that the lotus comes from the mud and comes yes. into this beautiful flower. I'm mm -hmm. reminded of me of that constantly and somebody just posted about it on on Facebook and had a lily you know a, a lotus and mm -hmm. it's crazy because me and my wife were just kayaking down this river and we came into a lotus patch and oh. so it's like that it's constantly reminding me of 
the experiences that we go through in life, they're given to us to really grow and become this beautiful flower to share our experiences with people. You know, you can't get it out of a book. You can't get it out of a degree. It's like, if I went to somebody and asked how they got through this, I couldn't go to somebody with a psych psychology degree because I want to hear it from somebody who's actually gone through it and went into the mud and came out on the other end. You know, how did you do it? And so I feel very blessed to have gone through this journey because I feel like my daughter was that catalyst. Her soul chose me and came into my life and said, if you don't wake up and get it by this time, I'm going to agree with you to have this happen. And we're going to begin this journey together. And now my daughter's 23 and she's actually working with at-risk um, youth and oh, wow. survivors of sex trafficking. We both share our story, the mother, the mother daughter story, and she's working, um, with child and family services. And her caseload is survivors or people going through the process of their children being sex trafficked. So both of us, like, and she calls me all the time and she said, Mom, I'm just so grateful for my life, like everything that I've gone through. And I'm so grateful that you walked me through it the way that you did, you know, mm -hmm. because sometimes I've shared my story and people get angry. Like, what did you do? Like, did, did you get justice? Did you do this? Did you do that? And I didn't because if I got justice, I would have kept dragging my daughter through the court system and this whole thing and not given her that chance to heal and grow herself and go into the depths of herself. And mm. I've asked her on the journey many times, do you want to take this to court? And she's like, I just don't want to face anybody. I don't want to do it. Let me just come within. And she's gone through therapy and we're very grateful that her therapist was also very spiritually awakened. And so mm -hmm. we did it the holistic way. Um, through oils and crystals and different things. And um, she called me maybe two months ago and said, Mom, you are not going to believe this. I just spoke at a convention and had 200-something people around the world. And this lady came up to me after and told me, you know your story, the people that you were talking about? A month ago, she was with either the police or something. Um, I'm not sure what organization she was with, but she told my daughter, did you know that them and their family have all been um, arrested and taken in for this? And so my daughter called me and said, mom, see, I karma always happens the way that it's supposed to. If I was still fighting and going to court and doing all of these things, I wouldn't have grown and be able to be there for my children and be in this area of work. I would still be angry and frustrated and everything that I attracted in my life would mirror that. Mm. And she said, this is incredible that I'm here at a convention sharing my story and somebody comes up to me and says that, you know, this had happened. And she goes, wow, can you believe it? And she's crying. And she just, for her to come to me and say that, 
because I've never pushed that on her. I've only done my own journey. Mm-hmm. But for her to call me up and say that and see that and be enlightened in her own way and see how the cycle runs within the souls was just incredible to me. Here's oh. a story is so profound and the magnitude of the things you each have been through and the approach that you have with it, that you're grateful. I 1 million percent agree with you. And in, in the moment, it doesn't feel like a blessing. Whatever hard things happen, oh, they mm-hmm. don't feel like mm-hmm. blessings at all. <laughs> but to be able to get to the point where you can work through your hurt, work through your pain and realize because of that hurt, because of these horrible things I've been through because of other people or whatever the instances or, you know, unforeseen circumstances, look where I am now. Look Mm -hmm. what it has led me to. And I mean, I know Jillian and I both feel that way when it comes to our health stuff, like because of our health, it has led us on this path of healing and beauty and helping others and the transformation we have both undergone because of that, the horrible things that have happened to us. And Mm -hmm. uh, it's just so amazing to see someone go through something so profound and still adopt that beautiful, beautiful attitude of rather than revenge and rather than hate and anger, working on healing self and moving forward and helping Mm -hmm. others using that energy instead of the hate to hurt someone back instead of that you're using your energy to help heal others that have gone through similar experiences amazing yeah and you know over these years through doing that iris it's been incredible because we i've realized that we all have these choices at one point in our life yeah to either focus on fear or focus on love and that's like the bottom line what we're you know, and there are difficult times to focus on love because in the programs that are running through our cells that we're used to, not just in this lifetime through trauma, but all lifetimes, it's in our DNA to continue running these programs of fear and hate and anger. We don't automatically turn to love. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we really have to dig deep within ourselves to see why. You know, somebody had asked me, so you don't feel anger or rage? And I said, I felt anger and rage all my life, but I never looked at the other emotions that come in between contentment and rage. You know, what is between love and rage? When I'm going through something and I start to feel an emotion, usually it's some something stemming from fear, lack of love, lack of um feeling a part of, lack of feeling wanted, like there's something in there, jealousy, you know, Um, I'm feeling greedy, I'm feeling a need, like a need of lack, needing money, needing this. There's always something else in that space. But we, the programs running within our body tell us we just go straight to anger and rage. Mm -hmm. But when we sit there and look at what is that in between, it always comes back to self. Usually I'm, I'm like, I'm really feeling like I'm not appreciated right now. Why am I feeling like I'm not appreciated? It really has nothing to do in the outside world or how the person is acting. It has to do with something within me that is continuously running this program. I've been having this conversation over and over with people where it's, 
it's exactly that is every, every single thing that we feel like is wrong or bad or whatever more negative connotation, it always just comes back to self. We are the, we have the power. We are the ones (laughs) that can change it. It's not changing the other people. It's looking Mm -hmm. within and finding, okay, is this something that I should be you know, triggered about or upset about or whatever, or is this something, or am I reading into things, you know, is this something mm-hmm. on me or is it on them? And that's when I need to realize, like, maybe I just separate myself from them. But again, time and again, everything always comes back to us, whether it's our, mm-hmm. our health issues, you know, stress, what people are saying and doing that bothers us, whatever it is, there are tools for us to go inside and use our inner wisdom to heal that and move forward. Um, I think for a lot of us, at least for me, for, I feel like my long time of my journey is looking outside of like, how Mm -hmm. can I heal this through the outside? And instead realizing we just go within and use our own inner wisdom and our own inner strength and, and having that ability to self-reflect because I feel like a lot of humans in this world, we're all walking around with these projections instead of Mm -hmm. taking the time to really sit with our thoughts and question our thoughts. Why am I feeling this way? Why do I think that's bad? Why do I think that person's horrible? What is it Mm -hmm. about me that's projecting that? Right. It's it's projecting onto others instead of recognizing the relationships, you know, whether they're fleet, like momentary interactions with strangers or like Mm -hmm. established relationships, they're actually reflections. So we're going around projecting and actually everything is just reflecting back to us. What's actually (laughs) happening internally. Yeah. Isn't that so funny how it works? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which also gives us the power back. It gives us Mm -hmm. our power back of like, oh, it's no longer them. This is something that I need to think on and I need to work on and I need to focus on about me and have that self-care and take the time to do it. Yeah. And you know, when I went on that journey of going into my thoughts, like I was showing, I was telling you that when the cars cut in front of me and I go, okay, what is the first thought that's coming in? It was so negative. And I didn't even realize (laughs) that I was thinking in this way. I really didn't. And so I would ask myself, okay, what is the emotion? that's happening right now. I'm feeling less than because this person jumped in front of me. I feel like, okay, he has the right to go in front of me and just cut me off. So this is the the my thought process. What is the emotion? The emotion is I'm feeling um, hurt. You know, I'm feeling hurt that he wasn't paying attention to me. But what is the truth? The truth is he probably didn't even know I was there because he was so focused on what's happening in his own life. He had no idea that he cut me off so that I'm creating all of this stuff in my mind that really has nothing to do with the other person Mm -hmm. affecting me. It's all about my own thought process and going and going and going. Mm -hmm. And so when we do that and come back to self And then I ask myself, after I do the whole truth thing, I say, well, what am I going to do? Am I going to be in fear, which creates chaos, or am I going to be in love? And I love whatever this man needs because he's speeding. Please send him protection and love and guidance on his journey. And don't let him get hurt on his way, on whatever he needs to do. If he's on his way to the hospital or on his way to work, send him love and protection and get directly into prayer. Yeah. I would say for those of us that are listening, including myself, (laughs) 
because it is, it's so hard to do in the moment when we're getting Mm -hmm. upset at someone. And, and again, logically, we know, logically, Mm -hmm. we know that person has no idea. I'm even there. They didn't cut me off. It could have been place any other person and it would have been that person. So it's obviously not a personal thing. How do we go about from using our logic to actually getting rid of those icky feelings? What do you have like a tool? or like a recommendation of like in the moment when we're starting to be upset at people, or maybe we've been upset at people for a long time. How do we go about when we logically know that we should do this to actually practicing that? Okay, perfect. So in the beginning of my journey, there were two books. Jillian's talking about books that completely change our lives. (laughs) The best. And one was the four agreements and oh my gosh that book was so deepening it this wasn't the first time I saw it but each time I go through something in my life I go back Mm -hmm. to it when I went such a good book to reread and I actually have it tattooed the four agreements on my wrist because it's like oh my god wow are so like anytime you get in that icky mood it's like okay which which one of these four agreements is making me you know so continue sorry yeah totally agree about that and one, taking things personally, you know, that's mm-hmm. a, that's a big one that we take things personally. And then the other book is, um, I can't even think of it right now. I was going to share the book, but something else is coming in. Um, I learned Ho'oponopono mm-hmm. when I, it's like an ancient, um, forgiveness technique and it was uh, created by Morna Simeona way way back in in the early 70s and um she was teaching Dr. E. Haleakala um and so during this was way before um when I was really shifting in my life, when I was going through a divorce, I had started learning the Ho'oponopono prayer. And it's not the, I love you, I'm sorry, you know, that prayer. It's Morna Simeona's deep work. And that prayer is just saying, um, if I, myself, or my ancestors have harmed you, your ancestors, um, I I want to apologize and ask for forgiveness. And then you're talking about, you go into the prayer. It's a really long prayer, but then you go into the prayer and you ask um, to cut, sever, and release any and all attachments, any harm that you've done. And then you say, and so it is, turn it into light, turn it back into divine perfection. And I say this prayer, especially now traveling, when I go to different places and I'm at burial sites or places that have gone war, done war, because one, we don't know what we've done in other lifetimes and the roles that we've played. We weren't these perfect angels. We weren't here to do crystal work or grid work. We've always had to play two sides to understand everything in life, right? So we've played the the good side, the shamanic side, but we've also played the dark sides. And um, I don't know what I've done in past lifetimes. I know some of my past lives, but not all of them. And so for me, it reaches out to all dimensions and timelines of each part and piece of me and who I was down to the subconscious and unconscious level of self and moves through the ethers, through all bodies and dimensions and timelines to clear 
everything that I've ever was all the way to beginning of creation. So for me, what I'm getting from this is essentially we are, when we're struggling to forgive others, again, bringing it back to ourself and acknowledging the fact that we have probably countless times hurt others unknowingly. And Mm -hmm. by us forgiving others, it can hopefully continue that, as we talked about karma, that karma of when we haven't, when we've done something and that have hurt others, for us to be given that same forgiveness. It almost is by me forgiving others, I'm going to have that karma come back to me as well when I'm unknowingly doing these things that have hurt people, whether it's this time, this lifetime or lifetimes past. That's an interesting... Well, actually, um, Ho'oponopono is forgiving the self first. And so mm-hmm. when we're doing the prayer, it's um, creator, mother, file, father, child is one. I ask forgiveness for me, my ancestors, and all my relations that have done anything, anything attached to me in energy, the soul, or whatnot all the way down to the cells of my DNA, because Mm -hmm. DNA continues to travel through us with every lifetime. And so I'm asking the forgiveness of all aspects of me, my relations, my ancestors, and my family. If I have done harm in that capacity, knowingly and unknowingly to any to you or your ancestors and all your relations, I'm asking for forgiveness. Because the quantum entanglement is always still there. And so that's what we're unraveling is the quantum entanglement and all that stuff that's within ourselves. And so for me, that was the tool that I use to constantly be a reminder that no matter what's happening in the world, it's a reflection of me and something that I was at some timeline or point in history And I'm asking for that forgiveness. So wars, I'm not looking at the war in a way where why is this happening or who's doing this to us? I somehow played a part in it and I may not know because I don't know what my past lives were. We were all in that dark period on earth at that time. If you believe, if, you know, people believe in reincarnation and we don't know what roles that we have played. And so I'm asking for forgiveness of anything that I've done to harm anybody within that timeline and asking for forgiveness. So I guess it goes back to the mirror that we talked about. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. So when Mm -hmm. we're having, when we're in this instance of someone is doing something that we keep holding on to because we're upset about it or we're hurt by it, instead taking the mirror approach of maybe I can't see right now what my past, you know, whether it's my ancestors or past lives, or even in this lifetime, forgiving myself for the times I've done the same thing. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Mm, I've never taken that approach. (laughs) Or I don't think I have anyway. (laughs) I know, I know for myself, I find it much much easier to forgive others than myself. Mm -hmm. It is so much easier for me to always be seeing the other side. And I think this is, this is something that often can happen when you grow up in a situation of abuse where it's like, you're always looking at the other person's point of view because 
their needs are more like you have to, the only way for you to be safe is to pay attention to everything that's happening with them. And then also like justifying it, like, especially, you know, when it's a parent figure, it was always very easy to like forgive other people when I was quote unquote harmed, right. Or felt Mm -hmm. harmed. But when it came to forgiving myself, it always felt like, well, then I must have caused this situation. I must have, done here. I'm going to get emotional. It's fine. Um, like I must have done something to warrant what is happening. And it's really only in the last, I think, couple years that as I simultaneously am allowing myself to feel anger, that I'm also finally able to start forgiving myself. And so I guess this is almost like a two part, I don't Mm -hmm. know know if it's a question, like a a two part thing. The first of which is, um, do you have any guidance for people in that situation where that it's, they, you know, it's almost like we're trained, we're conditioned to put all of the blame on ourselves and to always be looking Mm -hmm. at the other person and being able to, to shift that, shift the mirror a bit Mm -hmm. while also being able to release ourselves of the blame, not necessarily putting it on other people, but being able to take the blame off of our own shoulders Mm-hmm. I would love I to hear your, your wisdom on that. Just, <laughs> just for me and through my own journey, um, acceptance was the key to everything. I always had to accept that this is the situation first. This is the situation. This is what happened. I cannot deny that this is going on in my life. I cannot deny each person's role. Um, and then surrendering requesting to ask for help to get through and see clearly in the eyes of the divine. Yeah. Um, Because we get clouded by the emotions. We're spiritual beings having a physical experience, but we get so caught up in the emotions here on earth that we get blinded to see the truth, the higher light of every instance that happens in our lives. And so always coming back to accepting, accepting that the fact that this happened, because we cannot deny that things happen. Um, I've done that all my life until this situation with my daughter. And then I was faced with it all at one time, you know, and then I had to get into surrender because it was so overwhelming for me in this hole that I felt like that I couldn't get out. Either I was going to take my own life, which I couldn't because I had my daughter to think about, or I'm going to connect with something that is greater than I. And I had no idea at that moment what that was. And so surrendering is the deepening back into self and just saying, I can't do this alone. I need support. I need help. Mm -hmm. Um, And calling on outside help, whatever it is for anybody, whether it's God, whether it's um, your angels, whether it's your ancestors, whether it's somebody who's passed over that you feel that you can call on. One of my daughters, they don't, she doesn't believe in God. And I always tell her, call on grandma, you know, call on grandma's <laughs> spirit to help you. And then working with that and then coming back to self and learning how to love ourselves. 
And learning how to love ourselves isn't just, I'm going to go and get a massage and do self-care and take a bath and do this and do that. It's holistically taking an honest look at our lives and where we are. How am I treating this temple, this body, this physical body that I have, um, that has been walking me through this lifetime? What do I feed it? In all aspects, energetically, what am I feeding it? With food, what am I feeding it? With with liquids, what am I feeding it? Spiritually, what am I feeding this physical body and taking care of it? You know, to me, that's what I call self-love, is looking at all the bodies, looking at the physical body, the emotional body that sits out here, the mental body, clearing that those mental programs that are constantly running within ourselves and then bonding with our spiritual body, connecting to that higher part of ourselves. Hmm. That's beautiful. So really calling in help. Mm -hmm. Noticing again, it goes back to noticing because a lot of times we do, we have these programs in our head that play out, you know, speaking horrible about ourselves or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, Noticing that we're doing it, noticing when we're being hard on herself and releasing the control and asking for help. Maybe we do need help. Maybe we can't do it on our own. And whether that's Mm -hmm. asking spiritually for help. I know personally, when I come into situations like this, I am constantly asking my higher self to take over. Yes. I don't want my ego to be in the way. I don't want these Mm -hmm. human thoughts and, you know, clouding my judgment higher self, please come in (laughs) and Mm -hmm. help me. And also the divinity within you, because we all have that divinity within us. It's, it's a natural state of being, but the programs that are running block that. And so coming back and realizing that there is no right or wrong, there's no right decision in life or wrong decision. There's only experiences. And that is why we're here. We've Mm -hmm. come to this earth to experience everything, everything, because source couldn't, source is just love. God is just love. So we are that aspect of God here, having a physical experience to experience it all. And that's how we all evolve together in consciousness and within our souls is we're all on different experiences and how we grow and get through each experiences is what manifests consciousness for the whole you know each step we take even if it's just small even if it's just realizing a thought it's the amount of shifting that that thought does and just realizing our thought patterns it goes out to all humanity all of us is receiving that and so every choice that we make we are uplifting humanity whether we realize it or not I was going to just repeat the sentence Anella just said, because I think it's really profound. There is no right or wrong. There is only experiences. We as humans are the ones that put the label on it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. But it's just an experience and we can take from it what we, what we want to just like, you know, my back pain situation. I'm, I'm always talking about it, but it's like, I could have gone the, down the route of poor me. I'm stuck in a recliner. My life is over, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But instead it was a catalyst to me being on a completely different life path. And yes. so it's an experience. It wasn't bad. It wasn't good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it ended up leading to good, but it was just an experience. I love, I'm going to start right. using that. 
There's yeah. no right or wrong. It's just an experience. We're working through it. It is. <laughs> Everything is just an experience. And we get the honor of experiencing it all. That's the amazing part. Because if we weren't here on earth in this physical form, in this dimension, we wouldn't be able to experience what we're experiencing and grow the soul growth. We'd just be consciousness moving around, you know, at that same level. But we have to have the physical experience in order to grow energetically and in consciousness and to assist each other. While we're growing as individuals, we're assisting each other on this path because we're all connected. Just like the roots of the tree, one tree is doing something. The roots are all connected. It's just that we can't see that connection because it's energetic. It's all consciousness. So cool to think about. (laughs) Yeah, I love, I mean, I just, I love this beautiful concept that underneath everything, we all have this innate understanding at soul level that we came here to play certain roles and we have agreements with each other and how those roles are going to be played in order for mutual growth and expansion in this lifetime. And, and at, you know, and again, Mm -hmm. at the soul level, um, that there's this, this empowered surrender to the flow of life, which I think is really lovely that at the soul level, we can choose to not be victims and to not fall into anger because Mm -hmm. as you said, like there's no right or wrong. It's, there's just experiences, but I, there's one thing that I do. I feel like it's just something to bring up because I think it is important, especially like if you are in the moment, let's say having, or let's say like you are in a situation that is dangerous, right? Mm -hmm. I don't, I think that like there still has to be a little bit of nuance here, right? If you're, currently mm-hmm. in a situation that is dangerous. It's not like, well, this is just an experience. Like, right. Yeah. You still have to like get out of that situation. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so, but I think, but I think that's something that, that can happen right in the spiritual community where people mm-hmm. are like, we don't need to take any action, just accept what is. And it's like, but they're, we're still human. We're still experiencing things mm-hmm. and we still have a, like a neurological system. That's like, no, no, you need to be safe first. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I think there's, there is some nuance there. And I, I know again, with like with my own journey, anger actually can be really, really important and really vital within mm-hmm. our lives, right? Because anger is the first moment, right? If you're just like laying down and taking everything that happens to you, like when mm-hmm. you're in a moment of being of danger, let's say, or in a relationship that's dangerous to you physically, mentally, emotionally. Mm -hmm. It's not like just see the other side, right? That's, I don't think what, what any of us are saying Mm -hmm. because anger, I think is a really important first step in healing, right? Mm -hmm. There's this, it means that you are willing to fight for your safety. The fact that you were like, no, I'm going to fight for my daughter. I'm going to go, I'm going to do whatever I can. I'm going to go visit psychics Mm -hmm. and do whatever I can do because it means that you are willing to fight for your safety of the safety of those that you love. Um, and, and for what matters to you, right. For those of you who are like going out, you know, and, and marching for, for causes that matter to you. I think all of that has its place and Mm -hmm. is really important, but I think what is equally important is not getting stuck in the anger because then it just quantumly, Keeps like growing, Mm -hmm. right? Because what you're constantly putting out there is the anger. And then that gets mirrored back to you. And then it continues to be in this loop, right? So Mm -hmm. 
I would love to hear, you know, and from your own story, it's something that you clearly moved through. You were feeling all of this anger and that mm-hmm. was a first step to getting you on this path. So I, I would really love to hear how, I mean, you, you, you told us in your own story, but like, how do we allow ourselves to get angry and to feel the anger that is necessary to fight back for our sovereignty as divine beings, but not get stuck in the anger, being able to like, now we are sovereign and I can let go and we can just acknowledge that this experience and we continue to, to expand and grow as souls. How do we not get stuck? Mm -hmm. And this is just my own, through my own experiences, because, um, for me, I feel that we choose specific experiences as the soul before we even come to earth. Yeah. We're, we choose, we say we're going to go through this or that. And so we're not denying those experiences because we chose to go through them for a specific reason. We had to get the lessons and learn through the experience. Um, so for me, I understand that anything that comes in my way, is not like, oh, now what am I vibrating at? That's what I'm attracting. No, mm-hmm. I, I know that I chose to go through this experience, whatever it is, I'm going to walk through this experience. Not every time my emotions are like, oh, okay, I'll just walk through this experience and we'll go la 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 and see, you know? <laughs> right. No, 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 no bypass. Yeah. So we're, we're still feeling the feelings. Yes. Right. There's still a lot of hurt and anger. Anger, uh, hurt comes from anger. And so when I'm getting to that place, first thing I do is I come in and I breathe and I say, what am I actually feeling? And usually it's a lot of sadness, sadness of hurt, loss, and I'm in the blaming mode. I'm like, yeah, they hurt me and they did this to me and blah, 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 and this, you know, and I'm going through all of this stuff. But then there comes a point where I start right. Usually I journal when I'm really feeling hurt like that. I'll start writing it down to see what happens. And I try to leave out while I'm writing the other person. I try mm. to say exactly what I'm feeling when this situation happened, what I was feeling, how, what I was thinking, and I'm doing all of that writing. And then I say, and then in the end, I always ask, what is the lesson here? Sometimes I really can't see it because I'm so into the emotion of it. And so I leave that blank and then I come back to it and I say, what, how could I have reacted differently? And I start sifting through that. And usually when I say, how could I have reacted differently? I start getting um, the answer to my question Hmm. and writing. But to me, for me, I have to write through things because when I'm going in the mind, my mind can take me anywhere. (laughs) When I'm writing on paper, there's this merge happening and I'm really merging the heart with the mind because it takes longer to write it down. It slows you down. Yeah, it does. Mm -hmm. It gets you back centered and grounded into the self. And so, um, I would really say journaling. Journaling has helped me immensely. Right now, um, I have this book called The Purpose, and I've been journaling in this book. It's called Purpose and Finding My Own Purpose. And Mm -hmm. they make a few books, but it's really like 
going into each depth and really going into self. But I didn't, I couldn't get into this book until I finished the gratitude book. And I was doing a 90 days of just full gratitude, gratitude for everything in my life. Um, and so it's a constant work on the self. It's really mm -hmm. not the work about the outside world. It's like constantly coming back to self and realizing things. And it doesn't mean that we're going to be perfect beings walking this earth saying, I'm always in 5D. I'm always happy. I'm in bliss. You know, we go through life experiences all the time. For instance, the other day we're at a park. Uh, we were at this specific park and nobody was around. And this guy pulls up with his truck and he starts throwing things out of his truck. He's got to be like maybe 90 pounds. He was talking to himself, yelling at himself. And immediately I started going into fear, like, oh, oh my God, like, who's this guy? You know, I could feel his energy right next to me. And I started going into the thought process and I'm going, Oh, he's high on drugs. You know, he's this and he's that. And then I go, so I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm feeling my energy begin to rise. Like, you know, the fearful energy. I'm watching him for a while and then I realize I'm in fear. And so I go, what is my, what is the truth of this whole situation? The truth is I have no idea. He could be really sick. He could have got kicked out of his house. Now he's trying to figure out a campsite because he's got all of this stuff in his truck that he owns. He needs to sift through it. And maybe he just needs to cool his mind for the night. You know, that was totally different from my perspective earlier. Mm -hmm. And then I said, I don't know the truth because his truth is not my truth right? Whatever he's going through, that's not. And so I just started to pray and I was like, creator, whatever this man is going through, just, you know, shelter him with divine light, give him all 12 rays and put beautiful violet flame within his heart, assist him on whatever his journey is taking him, because I don't know, you know, whatever that journey is. So the next day I wake up and I can hear him yelling, but I had to take my dog for a walk and I had to walk past him. And I started walking outside. And as soon as I heard him yelling, I immediately got into prayer and I started praying for his heart. And I started praying for his protection and for the angels to come down and guide him. And I didn't get into that place that I was the day before because I was really, really in fear. But I started going through the steps right? The day before I had to go through the whole thing. I had to go through the emotion of the fear. I had to go through the thought process, the negative thought process of judgment and, and hate and whatever I was feeling for him. And then I had to ask what the truth is in all of this. The truth is I have no idea what he's going through. The truth is he may be in pain. So now I'm going to go into prayer and ask my guides and his guides to assist him in whatever he's going through, whatever that experience is. And the next day, automatically I got into prayer. There was no fear emotion that popped up in me. And so it's a continuously, it's a continuous journey. And I'm going to be going through this journey until the day I die, you know. Hmm. And so it doesn't mean that we do these things for a little while, have this profound awakening, and then we don't have to work on ourselves anymore, that everything is gone, the healing is gone. Those programs are constantly running within our, our cells of our body. It took millions of years or thousands to get within to our DNA. 
And it's not going to take a day or a month or a year to release that from our DNA. We have to continuously do the work within ourselves in a holistic way. One is going into ourself and going through that process. Two is energy work. I 100% believe in energy work, 100%. You know, I work with a lot of clients and I see the transformation and the shift just working with the cells and the DNA and the body to really transmute that energy on all levels, the physical body and all the outer bodies, the subtle bodies, and working in the quantum field because all of that is quantum entanglement. Whatever we're thinking, those thoughts within us is creating things in the out in the universe. It's like, you know, we're thinking, I went to um, Peru recently. I've been traveling other other <laughs> countries as well. And I went to Peru and we did a 13-day ayahuasca retreat. And it was five days. And I didn't, I went there because I thought it was the Voices of Light retreat. I didn't know it had anything to do with ayahuasca. <laughs> I was so scared when I got there. I was like, oh my God, what did I just back myself into? Oh man. You know, and it was five days of ayahuasca. Wow. Oh. It was with the Shipibo people. Mm. And it was the most loving place or container that I have ever felt. So anyway, I was talking to the Shipibo healer and I was telling her, I don't know, I have all these things within my cells and my body that I just want to let go of. And I want to really learn to connect with my divinity and release all of this stuff. Within the five days, I didn't have any um, purging whatsoever within the five days, none at all. Wow. When I went in, um, when I started, when I drank and went into my uh, self. The first day I saw all beings around me as they really were. Everybody in that room, all of a sudden I had complete awareness of everything that they've gone through in this lifetime. And I saw them for the beauty and the majesty that they were. And that was my whole experience the whole time. And every time the maestra would go to each person and sing, it was like she was healing that aspect of me because I had something within me that was a part of them. I could see that they were showing me. The second day, all of a sudden, I went deep into the earth and I saw how everything was connected through the roots and the earth and how we were connected. And it showed me that the roots come up through us, through these cords. And then it taught me how to go through each emotion and what emotions I was creating on the earth by each emotion. And so when I was, I would say, okay, sadness, and it would show me certain things. It would show me like wind and hurricanes. And so I understood that everything that I was feeling, I was creating these things around me when I was, and then I go rage and I saw volcanic activity and all this movement in the earth. And I knew that I was connected to that. And I also could see what we were creating in the cosmos. And when I got into love and I said, love, it brought me into the heart and it got me connected with everything. And this huge portal of light had opened up and I had felt like my whole entourage around me. It was hard to explain. And then all I heard was divine. This is divine love. And I was in a moment of bliss. I don't know how many hours I felt like I, my mouth was open <laughs> and I was just in this bliss feeling. But I, I was taught in those moments 
how everything in our body and what we're feeling connects to everything around us, not just the earth, but all humanity, how it's affecting people um, in other countries that are going through poverty. Mm-hmm. We're a part of that too, mm-hmm. you know? And then how everything is entangled in the universe. I saw the quantum entanglements. And these five days, all I had was spiritual teachings on everything, every action, every thought, every word that I have within me, how it affects the universe via frequency. They didn't Mm -hmm. say it was good or bad. They didn't say, oh, this is a bad emotion or this is a good emotion. They just showed me by frequency of what I was feeling and how it affected everything around me and what I was creating. I would also like to kind of go back a little bit when you were talking about the situation with that guy, because that's, you know, talking to himself and whatever. I think it is very valid and very, a very good point to pause and reflect. Like, why am I feeling this way? I don't know what's going on with him, but at the same time, Safety first, (laughs) because yes, sometimes there are people that they're just in their own world and it's fine and let them Mm -hmm. do them. But at the same time, you also have to listen to your own intuition. And if you don't feel safe acknowledging that, because I feel like at least for me personally, there's been so many times in my life where I ignore that intuition of Mm -hmm. I'm scared. I don't know why I'm scared, but I'm feeling scared. Mm -hmm. So, and I ignored that feeling and there was repercussions. So I feel like I just want to address mm-hmm. that in the sense of don't tone down your intuition. If you're feeling unsafe or you're feeling, yes, send, yes, send love. Yes. Do your prayers or however mm-hmm. you want to do that, but also lock the door behind you. Like be, yeah. be aware yes. of right. you can the, be practically, you can be practically safe while moving through and releasing the fear and the judgment that we're putting upon other people. Right. Yeah. We can do both. Having boundaries. That was my next question. How do, (laughs) how do boundaries and forgiveness interplay with each other, especially Mm -hmm. when it comes to non-momentary relationships, right? Because we're constantly Mm -hmm. interacting and accidentally energetically bumping into, you know, people that are in our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, yeah, that was my beautiful segue. Couldn't have done it better. Thank you. (laughs) So, um, remember when I was saying that I didn't have anybody when I was going through that stuff with my daughter, Mm um, unknowingly, I was already creating boundaries because people were telling me certain things like my work friends for one were telling me, Oh, come out and drink, you know? And I was Mm. like, I, my daughter is missing, you know, like my daughter is missing and you're telling me to come out for a drink and just forget it for one night. And understanding that when I went through that, I realized that I was creating boundaries because by the time when we found her, I had nobody. I didn't have family around me anymore. I didn't have my friends. I didn't have my work people. And I decided to start my whole life over from that point. I had gotten rid of everybody in my life. I changed all my social media accounts to zero. I even um, didn't have my children or my uh, family as friends. And so it was just me. I changed my, uh, I deleted everybody and I had went back to zero. And I had set my intention and said, only attract people in my life that can help me shift through whatever this process is of awakening. 
Please put people in my life to guide me through this rest of my journey and help me find my way to the light, you know. And some people never came back. Like they were talking amongst each other and going, oh, did you ever hear from Anella? Like she completely blocked me off Facebook. She completely wasn't my friend anymore. You know, and I started realizing that these weren't true friends because they have my cell number. Why didn't they just text me directly? You know, and so creating boundaries for me, I, I learned that after I went through the thing with my daughter. And I started realizing that if I'm going to love myself, I'm only going to allow things within my life that are good for me. And sometimes it wasn't easy. There's people that I've led in my life that have really hurt me on this journey. But soon as I understand it, I, I make that barrier and I say, okay, I, I just cannot be. And it's hard. It's hard to speak. That's why I wear this crystal. Because mm. for me, it's very hard to speak in life and tell the truth of what I'm feeling. But I had to put myself first and realize that if I'm on this self-love journey of self-love, it's the holistic part. It's everything. And it may be mean people, places, and things. I got to let go. And so people would text me or say, hey, why don't you we do this or whatever? And I'd say, you know, I really don't feel like this relationship is healthy for me right now. So I have to cut all ties and I would cry and I would be hurting on the other end. But for me, it was for my own health and wellness to continue my growth. I had to cut people out of my life because I was just getting energy sucked out of me by certain people. And it's not their fault because everybody that we meet is already contracted. Yeah. Where we like us connecting, we already said we were going to meet on this platform way before we even met here. And so I know that people that I've that have come into my life was to teach me a specific lesson. And one of those lessons, a big lesson for me was boundaries to say, okay, but you don't just push the person away and say that they're toxic for you, <laughs> you know, right. because you're creating more karma. karma. Right. And so what I would do is say, what, why was this person in my life? What is the lesson here that I need to go to learn? And I continue to do my writing, leaving the person out of the book, but putting me in what I'm experiencing, the emotion of it and processing through it. It doesn't mean that at that moment I wasn't hurt or I wasn't angry or I wasn't going through, but to get myself, and this is just for me, out of stirring and downward spiraling, because I can do that very easily. We can all play the victim. Allowing myself to take a deep look at what was the lesson for me where I chose to go through this experience. And usually it is to have a voice and be truthful and be authentic to myself, which is something I've always had a hard time with. So what I really loved about your story is like being, again, like bringing it back. And in some ways I think it, it can appear really selfish, but it's, it's not, it's just not. focusing on what you actually are able, what's where your sovereignty begins and ends, which is only with yourself. And mm -hmm. I think it's really interesting too, because it's, you know, we're all 
human. We all mm-hmm. accidentally hurt each other all the time, just yeah. like you were saying before. And like being able to forgive other people is inherently part of forgiving yourself mm-hmm. when you accidentally hurt other people too. And so I think yeah. it's so neat that the awareness of whether it's journaling or maybe talking it out with a trusted friend, however, however you process, you know, those, those of you listening, mm-hmm. being aware and like really focusing on what was the lesson of the situation for me to grow and expand through. And is yeah. that possible with that person continuing on, right? There's plenty of relationships mm-hmm. I've had where like I've accidentally something did something or they accidentally did something. And like, you know, there was a lesson and we talked it out and then we were able to continue on with that relationship. And so I think that's right. That's so important Mm -hmm. is like, I'm learning this lesson. I'm processing this lesson. I'm growing and I'm expanding. And then with that boundary, is this a relationship that still works for me or right. right because like that's it's not just like cutting people off yes it's informing basically boundaries like informing other people mm-hmm. what you need and yeah also hearing when other people inform you what they need and yeah each person to the best of their abilities respecting it and of course we're human mm-hmm. and mistakes are going to happen and we're going to hurt each mm-hmm. other but Again, there's the lesson to learn, but can we still continue trying our best to respect each other's boundaries? And if my Mm -hmm. boundaries completely conflict with what someone else needs, then that is no longer a relationship that's going to work. And we do have to remove ourselves, both for us and for them. Yeah, but because they can't grow with us either, stirring in that. You know, like they have to grow as well. And it sometimes you may not reconnect, you know, sometimes like when I told you in the beginning of my journey, I got rid of everybody Mm -hmm. five years. It was so weird because five years into my journey, all of a sudden, all these people that I had cut out of my life started coming back. And I was Mm. like, this is weird, you know, but I realized that five years later, I was at a point where I was strong enough to actually voice my boundaries, Mm. where at the time Mm -hmm. I had to let go in that way because I was not strong enough. I could not say what I needed. I could not say what I wanted out of the relationship and where I felt that we needed to be. Mm -hmm. But it's the moment that I was strong enough these people started coming back in my life. And Mm -hmm. so we would be cordial, you know, they'd text me ever so often. And then when they would say something, I would be able to speak up for myself, but in a loving way, where before five years ago, I would have went off the handle and got very, very angry Mm -hmm. and said things that actually hurt the person because I could only react with the capacity of my own consciousness at that time. I was still in a hurt place of mine. So I would be constantly hurting other people. Right. Right. So it was really weird that it took that five year turnover for these people to slowly start coming back into my life. Yeah. That's, and it's such a hot button topic right now. It's like, all over TikTok, all over Instagram, right? Like, oh, this person is toxic. Oh, this person, right? And it's, it has such a, 
release of responsibility of it's like, oh, you yes. broke my boundaries. You're toxic. Mm-hmm. I'm cutting you yeah. out. And it's like, yeah, but they're just me. I mean, some people maybe are quote unquote acting toxic, right? And that relationship is not one that you should be in, but they're just mirroring back to you the things that you need to work on. Exactly. And like cutting, cutting people out. And this is one of the things like crystals, like for cord cutting, I don't always really recommend cord cutting because usually there's something there. Like there's the lesson you got to learn. It's being mirrored to you because Mm -hmm. that's something that you need to work on and you need to heal through Mm -hmm. or be better about your boundaries and what you allow and what you don't allow. And sometimes you do need, like in your experience, sometimes you, you do need to cut people out because Mm-hmm. It, you are not in that moment capable of having yes. boundaries. So you need physical space, mm-hmm. yes. but we still have to grow and heal and cutting everybody out because they didn't respect your boundary once. Like it's such a hot button mm-hmm. topic it is. and it's, yeah. and there's so much responsibility that I think needs to really be taken for each person in that relationship that is quote unquote Mm -hmm. toxic, right? We're not. And I I think it's also important to note that you need to communicate that, right? Because I feel like when it comes to forgiveness, a lot of times we're forgiving someone over and over and over for something without ever communicating from the get-go that this was a, this was a boundary to begin with. So again, Mm -hmm. it falls back on us and having the you know, I love that you wear a crystal to be able to speak your truth, having the self-awareness to know, Hey, you know, this person, you know, whatever it is, maybe it's household rules and you have a friend that come over and always wears their shoes inside the house. And you get upset when you have a rule about not wearing your shoes, but it's never been communicated. So again, it's <laughs> yes. like, yes. realizing, this, oh, this you sounds know what? very specific. They're, oh, no, it was just one that I, I, yeah, <laughs> I actually don't mind if people wear shoes in my house, but again, oh, it's I just, do. <laughs> It's just this thing of, again, self-acknowledgement and self-awareness of, oh, I've forgiven this person over and over and over, and they keep doing it. And it's like, well, have you loving lovingly? Because there's there's a difference between- Spoke about it this, and been honest. You did yes. this, right. this, and this. And it's like, okay, how about instead, you know, I realized this mm-hmm. was something that I've never communicated to you, but this is very important to me. And can we, right. you know, I want to let this be known that this is whatever, whatever instance it is, mm-hmm. whether it's your shoes- whatever, who knows what the mm-hmm. instance is, but lovingly communicating that boundary because they might not know they're overstepping it. And then Jillian's point, it's so spot on of this, oh, that person's toxic, writing them off rather than realizing, have I listened to what they told me? Mm-hmm. Is this because this is something that's triggering for me because it's something I actually probably do need to work on. And instead I'm calling them toxic and cutting them out of my life. Like you have to take ownership and accountability as well. When someone's yes. communicating essentially their boundary with you, they're not, it's not necessarily yeah. that they're toxic. They're trying to explain their point of view and their, mm-hmm. how they're feeling. And it's having that respect for one another and coming to like a mutual understanding rather than well, I'm just cutting you off because I don't want to hear what you have to say. So yeah, I feel right. like, like we could just do a whole other episode on that whole thing. <laughs> I know what I, what I love about this episode though, is that we're both, you know, this is such a big topic and being, you know, because it's, it's so three dimensional and so it's so necessary for practical interactions in our everyday life, but also 
it's so spiritually informed. It's so expansive. It's so fifth to 12th dimensional, you know, leveled and being able to witness how important this is for really every single aspect of our lives is Mm -hmm. so beautiful and so important. So I'm just, I'm so, so grateful to, to be able to, to have you on. So. Oh, thank you, Jillian. You know, in that Peru experience that I had, I had asked, what do we need to do as humanity to, mm. um, to really open up our hearts? And the first word was forgiveness, mm. is learning to forgive ourselves and others. That's the only way that we can merge with our own divinity because it's a, it's a different level of frequency, that love. And with all that hardness and those blocks and all that stuff within us, it cannot let the divine fully come through and us merge with our, our I am presence. And so um, two nights they told me that. And so I, that's why I wanted to talk about forgiveness, because to me, that's where it begins. It opens up all barriers and opens opens us up to complete transformation once we can really forgive ourselves and learn to forgive others. I'm like, Anella, when are you writing your book? When can I buy it? I mean, I'm, I'm all in. <laughs> oh, gosh, getting chills so over when here. You're, because obviously forgiveness, I mean, it's huge. And I'm so grateful that, again, that we're having you on to discuss this because, I mean, we're all imperfect, and I think yes. forgiveness is, it, we need it. We have to have forgiveness because no, no one's perfect. No one's walking around, never hurting anyone, um, mm-hmm. even whether they realize it or not. So it's something that we all have to practice, um, whether it's within ourselves or with others. Um, when you are working with your clients, um, do you have any specific modalities that you use to, in helping them along the lines of forgiveness? Yeah, usually um, I talk story first, you know, with the client. When I first meet them, we talk story for a little bit and then kind of look into the higher light of the situation that they're going through or whatever. Because usually when people come, they're really, their energy is distorted. They're either going through a breakup or they're going through something that is shifting in their lives. Um Nowadays, it's just like, oh, I just want to be balanced. But, you know, there were times when I was really working with a lot of people that were um, shifting through stuff. So I talk story to them, bring them to like a higher understanding of the situation Mm -hmm. and what they want to see in their life. Kind of not looking at the um, situation, but where do you see yourself coming out of the situation? Because we're Mm. always looking in the past, but we don't look in the present moment of what we want to create. And us as energetic beings, we're always creating, you know, we're always manifesting. And then I go into energy work and um, I do a lot of hands-on work. Before I left Hawaii, I was working with crystals and all my tools and bowls and my hands. And now um, I'm working more in, in the etheric realm and the quantum field. I work in all bodies, the physical body, the uh, etheric body, emotional body, mental body, spiritual body, causal body, all the way out. And I align that energy and clear those um, energies within the person's self and also the energy centers, you know, because we collect energy along the way. 
And I also release those entanglements that we create through the thought process. A lot of it's like um, before we think when we're going to create something, we think about it, right? And we have all these thoughts on what we want to create. As we're doing that here on this plane, there's all this stuff that's being created in the, in the inner world that we don't see. We don't realize that this stuff is coming in a form because the universe always responds to everything, every thought, every emotion, every frequency, everything that we do. And so usually your guides, your higher self are guiding me there to see what's being created in the ethers and that entanglement. And they guide me to clear that. Um, in the beginning, I had learned, like I said, crystal Reiki, um, which is, uh, everybody's familiar with Reiki, but it was with specific crystals on certain parts of the body. You put the red one here, you do this. Mm -hmm. And then I started learning Lemurian healing, which was more about the systems within the body. And it was, um, like an ancient healing from the Lemurians, Mu. And then I learned um, quantum healing through Octarian light, and that's more in the cosmos. And I was working with all these modalities, um, but realizing that I had different beings coming in each time with each different person. And now I just connect to my higher self, the person's higher self, and our I am presence and go directly to source. And each person is different in each uh, session. And so I can't really say this is what I do in my sessions anymore yeah. because the higher self is constantly guiding me where I need to be. Um, in the sessions, I do speak out loud. Sometimes I make noises. Sometimes I speak in light language, depending on what their higher self is asking me to do or how I'm guided by um, the higher self and source is there to pour down the cosmic rays and whatever the person needs it's whether it's the um, sapphire blue ray for the divine will or the pink ray for love you know hmm. each ray has its own um, but I just now I just be guided by spirit be guided by your higher self and your I am presence connecting with my higher self and my I am presence. And I just move from there. And so I can't really say I do a specific thing anymore. It's just being in that present moment and working through all dimensions and timelines as I'm shown as it unfolds. Are you able to do this for people that aren't near you? Like, is this a service you offer for people to like contact you and work through Zoom or? Um, oh yeah, like I only that? work through Zoom now. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I'm traveling, I'm not doing hands-on anymore, and so I it's always through Zoom. Um, I only my all my healing sessions are by donation. I don't charge because I never want to turn anybody away. I feel like I've been put in this on this planet and for a specific purpose of supporting all humanity. Mm -hmm. And so if I say no to one person because of finances, then I'm really not there for the rest of humanity like I vowed to do before I even came to earth. And so People send donations. Some people just send cards. Some people do exchanges. And um, I never, I don't really promote anything. <laughs> um, 
I've cut it down to now three days a week because I'm doing so much land work and, um, you know, grid work. So I'm only doing sessions Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. And so the other days um, I have for my own fun stuff that, you know, hiking and whatnot, and also <laughs> dedicating visiting a day. Sites. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and visiting sacred sites and doing like bigger work, you know, for all mm-hmm. humanity at one time. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't been doing workshops much since my traveling. I did one or two, but I am involved um, with a few other women in gatherings at specific times of the year. And I have a retreat coming up. I know you met Lien. And yeah. so this is the third year that Lien and I are doing retreats together and oh, we're wow. doing it with Ellen. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. So we're going to be in Shasta this year for um, during the equinox. I'm super excited because I'm very connected to Shasta. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, my work is all done online. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, I used to teach this modality. Um, there's people that have learned level one and two. And so I open myself up for those people as well to practice with me because that's the hardest part. We can learn things, Mm -hmm. but we don't know how to, um, we don't know how to go forward and actually put action into it because of our own fears. And so, um, Anybody that has ever taken a class, I allow them one hour whenever they want to practice with me or get insight or talk about experiences that they went through in their own healing practices or whatnot. Is um, email the best? I mean, we're going to link all the ways to get into contact with Anala, but is the email the best way to get in touch with you? Yes. Okay. Email, um, my Kahioka Ho'ola email. And then on my website, um, if people can just browse around, it hasn't been updated. <laughs> I just started a blog of my travels because oh, cool. the whole year I didn't document anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just was meeting people and I was really in the moment, I but I think that moment. I really needed, yeah, I needed that time for me to really like dive deep into it. And so now I'm starting to um, journal it and I'm going to start a blog where I post once a week, certain powerful um, PowerPoints and people that I've met along the way. And so I can introduce other people to these amazing healers in the Mm. world that I've been bumping into and what they have to offer. So once a week, I'll be posting that on my blog, on my website. Oh, I can't wait to read it. Yeah. First step towards book. Yes. I I just feel like if you're going to write a book, it's going to be one of those books that people pick up and their lives will be changed forever. We're just, I I see it happening. Oh, yeah. Um, So typically at at the end of an episode in which we have a guest, Iris and I usually will... Uh, suggest certain crystals that might be supportive for the topic at hand. Um, I will say, because this is such a personal topic, always go with your own intuition, always go with the crystals. If you're working with crystals that are going to, mm-hmm. um, that for whatever reason, feel really supportive for whatever it is you're going through. Uh, or maybe it's not crystals. Maybe you're like, I really need to work with plants right now. Great. Awesome. That uh-huh. being said, I think we both did, you know, create a list. Mm-hmm. So especially for, actually, why don't you go first? I feel like Can I always go, go first? first. Iris, okay. you go first. <laughs> I'm 
that's fine. Um, well, I'm more the, um, if you are just listening or maybe you're familiar, but I do crystal formations. So most of the time how crystals <gasps> naturally form, um, I also do polished. Um, but I have like such a, this happens. I'm like, I go into it thinking, I don't know. And then I come up with so many that I'm like, uh, I can only choose a few because otherwise we'll be here for an hour. Um, but I would say one of the main ones would be an empathetic crystal. Um, empathetic crystals mm. or any crystal is one that has been damaged, whether it wasn't during the mining process, when they were shipped to you, you dropped it. But a huge thing when it comes to forgiveness is having empathy for others and for ourselves. So empathetic mm -hmm. crystals really help cultivate the feeling of empathy. So I would say empathetic would be a great one. Um, another one is one that's never been written about. Um, it's one I'm documenting. It's still not even on my encyclopedia yet, but it's called enlightened. And it's oh. when a crystal point has an additional tiny crystal point, like in line with it at the top. And it's really oh. about, um, <laughs> have you seen that before? No, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I can't imagine it at the moment, but uh, I should have brought out an example. I have like a drawer that I've been saving of them, but they really help us to set aside our ego and act from our higher self. So when we're feeling that anger and that hurt and that madness, kind of helping us to step outside of that and really, again, come from a place of love, because that's really what forgiveness is all about, whether it's for mm -hmm. others or for ourselves is love. Um, so along those lines, a polished formation, or sometimes you can find it unpolished, is heart, a crystal heart. Um, it's really going to help us to cultivate love, joy, compassion in our dealings with others, as well as with ourselves. Um, and then uh, maybe I'll just leave it at that because I feel like that's plenty to get you guys on. <laughs> yeah, and then maybe I'll just like list them all in the show notes too. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. Oh, those are so good. I'm really excited to see that new special enlightened one. Yeah. Um, so I have a couple different ones here. I think one of the ones that's going to be most supportive is Clevelandite, which is not a super, super common one. Clevelandite, it's basically a, a bladed form of albite and you will typically see it mixed in with, with other things. So like unicorn stone, for instance, which I know my, my clients and customers are usually pretty familiar with. Um, cause it's one of my favorites and I love talking about it all the time. Um, Clevelandite is one of the four stones that makes up unicorn stone, but Clevelandite is a really fantastic feldspar for when things <laughs> are really challenging and they feel really, maybe they feel really awful or it feels really hard. And when we feel like what we want to do is constrict, right? We want like, these things are happening around us. They feel like they're happening to us. And we just want to like constrict into a little ball and become small and try to be safe. Mm -hmm. Clevelandite instead invites us to expand through it. Clevelandite is the one that reminds us this is happening for us, not to us and helps mm. us move through it with as much grace as possible, which I know isn't always easy to get through to the other side in a way that is, you know, more, just more, right. Being able to be more aligned, be more ourselves, be more aligned, you know, be within our purpose, being able to forgive, being able to move through the world with love, being able to see the silver linings, being able to pause and, you know, 
to pause and like not jump into judgment. So I really, really love Clevelandite for this reason. In terms of like crystals for forgiveness specifically, I would say the three ones that I always turn to and I've always turned to in my own life are dioptase, rhodochrosite, and cobaltoin calcite. And whether that is moving through trauma and being able to, you know, for on the other side of trauma, shall we say, like being able to forgive ourselves, being able to forgive others, um, finally being able to release and heal through things. All three of them have their own nuance, but all three of them are ones that are, are guides and allies and really want to support you through that work. Um, especially I will say, especially like rotocrosite when it comes to relationships, when especially like whether it's relationship with someone in specific or relationship with yourself or relationship in terms of intergenerational trauma. Um, I think rotocrosite is, is one that I really, really, really love. Um, but dioptase and cobalto and calcite both are also very powerful, um, support systems, I would say. And then for boundaries, I have, there's a lot of them, but I will just stick with one, which is mangano calcite. And I love mangano calcite. I, I often will recommend it to people who are therapists or nurses, like in professions where they're really helping other people, because it really helps us fill up our own cup first. It's really a good stone for having compassion and empathy for other people, but maintaining boundaries as well and not giving away everything that we have because we feel like we're supposed to. Um, so it's a really good balance there for having compassion for others, holding space for others, but still, you know, not judging, but not, but locking as, as you said before, I was like locking the door behind you still because safety is important. Right. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so those are Beautiful. the stones that I recommend. Um, okay. I have, um, one last, when you were talking about the crystal, it really, um, brought something to mind is that yeah. to remember that we can only move with our level of consciousness at that time. So every Ooh. action that we do in life, it's only the from the level of consciousness that we have at that moment. And so when we're a little younger, like when we're in our 20s, I remember my 20s, that's why I'm laughing. There was a lot of decisions that I would have made because I didn't have a um, expanded level of consciousness at that time. And it's okay because we can only move at the level of consciousness that we have. But yet now at 50, I make different decisions because my consciousness is expanded through experiences and wisdom. And so that's part of the forgiveness process too, is realizing that we can only act on our current level of consciousness and the best we know at that moment. Yes. Doing the best we can with mm -hmm. what we've yeah. got. So and having grace yes, for yourself that, that yeah. yep. that's okay. Beautiful. Thank you yeah. for sharing that reminder. Yeah. I think it's a beautiful way to, to conclude this episode. This has been, I think probably one of my favorites that we've, we've had so yeah. far this year. It's been 
I feel like my mind is like blown. My soul feels nurtured, like and nourished. This is yeah. This is I'm great. so grateful to be here. Um, we'll include all of the ways to get in contact in case anyone would like to work with Anella. I feel like I'm like I'm gonna be emailing you. Definitely, I'm going through stuff right now. I could use some some of that beautiful energy to uh, support me through. Um, if those of you listening, if you did enjoy this episode, we would greatly appreciate if you don't already follow us, um, to follow us. And if you haven't yet done so to rate us, the more we are rated, the more likely we are, um, to be found by other people, which is always very supportive for us. So, uh, we would greatly appreciate you to give us a rating, maybe even a review. And as a little bonus, uh, if you do so, you will screen capture it, email it to us. Um, we'll link it below and we will send you a code for 10% off for each of our websites. So like win-win, yeah. we are win, win. supporting here. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but we would, we would, you know, we hope that you enjoyed this episode. Um, let us know what you thought about the topic. If you have any reflections or experiences that you want to share, um, we are on Instagram and TikTok. Um, is there anything you would like to add, Iris, to, to no, close this? Thank you for I feel being like we had, like, here a little with circle us. ceremony here. Yeah. To close this ceremony out. <laughs> Thanks so much to everyone that was listening. Um, thank you for being here and following on Jillian and I's journey, bringing on wonderful guests like Manella mm-hmm. and just. Um, lots of healing and love and light and thanks for mahalo, being here for mahalo. <laughs> yes all right take care everyone and we will see you oh yes <laughs> mahalo and we'll uh, see you next time this concludes another episode of crystallizing conversations we are so grateful for every moment you spend with us whether that's listening in or connecting with like-minded friends in the crystallizing community To find out how to join, visit us at crystallizingconversations.com, where you can also explore our memberships, which gives you access to bonus episodes, astrological forecasts, behind-the-scenes content, live Q&As, meetups, and more. If this episode resonated with you, you can deepen your exploration through our embodiment journeys, ranging from mini courses to guided meditations to applied practices, all curated to support your embodiment and integration of each episode's topic. Remember, every time you choose to heal and grow, the collective heals and grows with you. Thank you for crystallizing with us.